Hey guys, uh, it's Rod here, one half of the LinksFet podcast. I hope you're staying safe out there during these unprecedented times of COVID-19. We managed to record another podcast and this is what you're listening to today. Uh, this week, we're going to cover the start of the crisis. So uh, as you may or may have not known from previous podcasts, uh, we had a trip to Dublin scheduled and we played some of the courses and that was right at the beginning of the lockdown in the UK. So we're going to talk a little bit about our experiences. Uh, we've got award-winning features coming up, such as R&R, and some new ones that Rob wants to unveil. And we also talk about what impact COVID-19 has had on the PGA Tour. Um, it's a bit of a long one. Hopefully, it'll keep you entertained during these, uh, quite frankly, boring times. But um, just a note at the top of the show, just to say, hope you're all staying safe. Uh, hope you enjoy the pod. We're going to move to a weekly release schedule during these times because we've got a bit more time. Um, so, hope you enjoy it. As always, if you want to get in contact with us, rod at roads246.com. You can engage with us on our Instagram, which is the Links Effect, and also our Twitter account as well. So look forward to hearing from you. There's some good stuff out there on the pod that we want to get your engagement on. So please do get involved. Cheers. Also, guys, before we get started, just to let you know, this was recorded over uh, Microsoft Teams. Um, that's not a plug, but if you want to give us some free stuff, that's fine. Uh, so I've left all of the usual um, bloopers and highlight reel stuff in. Also, there's been a bit of delay on the audio, so forgive us uh, as we try and work through some of that. But anyway, it's long, it's enjoyable, and it'll keep you uh, entertained, so uh, enjoy. Your best, your best one was it's windy. Brilliant, mate. Factual, I, and that is no, what I live for. Right, I'm no, been, I, I have been thinking though. Um, yeah. I, I fancy a crack at this this anchoring GT. Go for it. Yeah. Fill your boots, mate. Yeah. How'd, how'd you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna gonna feel put out if I ever go here? No. Uh, if anything, it's gonna validate my status. <laughs> Thanks for the vote of confidence. Yeah, okay, go on then. Right, go welcome on, to the Link's Fet. Welcome to the Link's Fet. Uh, I'm Rob, and on the line I've got Rod, as we are in lockdown, as we are not face-to-face. Well, we are face-to-face, but all right. How's it going? I mean, great, great work so far. Keep Thanks. going. Thanks. <laughs> all right, in your words, Rod, what is the Link's Fet and what are we doing here? Oh, you mean I've got to do this bit? Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Lynx effect is um, is a cool summer's breeze across your earlobes, and uh, it's the it's the documented uh, serial of two chaps trying to play 246 Lynx golf courses in the world for charity, for mindfulness, but for each other, and for the love of golf. Do you remember when I did that, and you said, "Can you make it a bit snappier?" That that was snappy. <laughs> Nonsense. It had feeling. It had well warmth. Yeah. It's like a nice warm bath. Well done. Right, anyway, welcome everyone to Link's Fet. Uh, it's been a while though, hasn't it, Rod? What, we, what have we been up to? Uh, well, I mean, mainly been stuck inside, if I'm <laughs> honest. Broadly, yeah. before, we were, before we were limited to the, to the confines of our own houses, or flats, what were we doing? We, we went away, didn't we? <laughs> we did. We did go away. We when, did. We away. when was the last time we recorded? I can't even remember that. 
Uh, we recorded a week before we went away, I think. Uh, and, and did we get that out? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on its way. On its way. Yeah. It's cool. just going through final mixing. Final so it's mixing. Fine. Cool. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, we had the stag do, didn't we, Rod? Your stag do. Yeah. The, the stag do. The stag do that shut down Ireland. Is it worth mentioning the impact that coronavirus has had on, on the wedding? Do we, do, I mean, do we want to talk about that? The can do. So, um, I mean, I'd much rather, much rather talk about the stag do, but uh, <laughs> the, the, wed, the wedding of the year has been postponed for a year. Nightmare. Which means more time to do podcasts, more expendable income to go and play Lynx golf courses, and ultimately... <laughs> Great content for you guys. So more content. Win-win. Do you think they can handle more content? I think they can. Yeah, yeah. Um, but seriously though, it, a lot of people have been really, and I think this is just a general point. A lot of people have been great about this and really understanding. People involved in our wedding have sort of, um, you know, been very happy for us to delay. The, we're going to get some tigers in. That you know they'll still be fine. That you know we have. They're going to keep our deposit. Um, you know, so it's it's pretty. It, it's fine, but actually, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, you know the the decision to postpone it is kind of taken out of your hands, isn't it? So there's not a lot of worrying about it if the government or Boris turns around and says you can't have it. Um, well, cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Um, we'll delay it. So not bad. But in other news. In other news, right, I thought I'd just do a quick run and rundown of where we are actually in our challenge. So we're trying to play 246 links cold courses in the world. How many have we now played? Yeah. Seven? Oh, you've even got that wrong. We played eight. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is much. And how many have we talked down, about so. on the podcast? I think we've done one. So that, that's going well. We're, we're, we're... Done four? <laughs> we have not. <laughs> we haven't. What's Castle Town? I mean, this is. I mean, this is what they paid for, isn't it? Or not? <laughs> uh, anyway, we've, really we've, poor. we've played. We've played eight, and we managed to get three done in a in a lovely weekend in Ireland, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Let, let's get back to this. Is the real quiz, right? The, the this is this is content. Um, <laughs> we had we had we so we flew out the weekend before coronavirus really went. Excuse the pun, but went viral. Um, so when we had left, (laughs) I know I shouldn't, but I have. So, um, so we flew to Ireland on the Friday morning. Sorry, that's an Amazon package. Uh, On the Friday morning, and uh, immediately on landing, I didn't know where I was going until the night before, which was great. Um, And immediately on landing, straight to the golf course, um, Uh, and we. We had a couple of Guinnesses at the airport, which I was really worried about. About eight o'clock in the um, morning. And I've, I will say this. I will say this, Rob. It was a, a sterling effort by you and the uh, executive team to organise. But I've never had so much anxiety over a weekend away. <laughs> in my life. And, and, it was and what was really, there to worry about? Um, not, well, nothing in the end. Ultimately. Really. Sometimes, sometimes you have to trust people, don't you? Yeah. Trust, reward, <laughs> satisfaction. Um, Something like that. So we had a couple of Guinnesses at the airport. It was lovely, lovely, lovely day, wasn't it? A really yeah. nice day. So we flew into uh, Dublin, and then we yeah. played. We had a couple of courses on the Friday, didn't we? So we played. We did. Where did we play? Sutton. Sutton, Sutton. Golf Sutton. Club, home of. Do you remember the famous amateur chap that 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 club is uh, renowned for? Can I just go through my phone? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, is that for obviously for unrelated reasons? Yeah, Aaron A. Amateur is his name. Nice chap. <laughs> you know, it's a nine-hole course, isn't it, Sutton? Um, it is one uh, of rated the top nine-hole course in Ireland, actually. Which we were told very frequently, but actually definitely lived up to the hype. But I'm going to put you out of your misery. It's Joe Carr. So Joe Carr is the... Uh... That's what I was just about to say that. Yeah? You've got your phone now, have you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have got my phone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Joe Carr was is uh, one of the most accomplished amateur golfers of all time. Are these your words? Or? No, no. Um, he was one of only two people to be awarded a green jacket from Augusta, which is the location of the Masters, without actually winning the full tournament. That's how good an amateur he was. He was very good, wasn't he? So basically, they're obviously very proud of this fact, and they've got a room dedicated to him at Sutton Golf Club. Uh, and an absolutely stunning location, isn't it? Just perched on a little peninsula just outside of Dublin. Uh, stunning little nine-hole links course. And from where, what we could see, you're clearly deserving of number one nine-hole in, in Ireland. Yeah, I, I massively agree, Rob. I just, I was... <coughs> Excuse me, that's brilliant for the audio. Coffin. Um, Is it I dry coffin? No, no, no. I, look, I, Let's leave COVID theories till later because I've got one. But um, <laughs> it was um, it had a lot of sort of very considering it was you know it's a nine hole course so it's not an expansive amount of of of, of area. Um, it had some great little sort of features. So it had um, you know you had to cross over a railway. Um, you had some really nice water features. So you sort of had two two holes that yeah, were sort of uh, it was it was sort of five, five holes of pure links uh, and four holes of. Uh, sort of more Parkland style, to be honest. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. It was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And then so uh, one of our mates, Scott, turned up late. Uh, so we teed off, got to the third hole, and then Scott joined us. So we replayed the first two holes, and uh, I got par with just my driver. So made it look easy. You That's did. not a problem. You did clearly. Yeah. didn't have enough Guinness in you by that point. But... That. And that was talent, so uh, certainly. <laughs> but so yeah, thanks, thanks do, to the uh, Sutton Golf Club for hosting us there, though. They were really accommodating, chats really nice to us, uh, so thanks to those guys. Yeah, really enjoyed it, and we had a good chat in the clubhouse. That yeah. was good. Uh, what What is striking me, Rob, as we go through these is, um, you know, the, the generosity of people with time and even giving us stuff, um, you know, at cut, cut price is, yeah, is yeah. really helpful because it costs a lot but also it's really interesting to hear about the background of the course and yeah. you know quite often there'll be some developments that are in play so that you know they're putting in some new bunkers or they're renovating one of the fairways and they'll sort of talk us through that and it's always interesting to hear that because you know as we as we go back to our podcast about Castletown and speaking to Johnny I just did not appreciate how much work and effort goes into the maintenance and development of a golf course no, and it's crazy I agree, uh, uh, and that's also part of our journey, isn't it? So we're, we're sort of exploring the mental health side of things uh, just through how that naturally occurs and, and chats and stuff on the golf course that gives us that time and space, but also it's a bit of an education on us on classic links golf courses of the world as well, right? And how they're, they're, yeah. the architecture around them, how they're designed, the, the effort that goes in by the greenkeepers and the staff and, and everything like that is, is really interesting as well. It's kind of like... Yeah, here we go. Um, it's kind of like the the maintenance of a almost like a really precious antique, right? Yeah. Where you want to maintain what it looks like, what it feels like, but obviously you've got to keep make sure it stays relevant. You've got to make sure 
it's appropriate, clean, tidy, whatever. Um, and so keeping one eye on what made a Lynx golf course a Lynx golf course is really important. But also you want to kind of, you want to make it more relevant for professional tournaments and therefore do you have to make them longer? Yeah. Or is there enough change in the fact it's windy or the surface, whatever? So it's, it's a really interesting sort of challenge and yeah. I guess a really fine balance between the two, which is why it's, uh, it's quite fascinating to sort of speak to these people. So it's really, really awesome. Um, we'll do a more detailed in-depth look um, in a separate pod yeah, um, but did just want to shout out Sutton, so that was good. Yeah, and so then, then so later on that day, that I worried, that worried about this. Yeah. This is we'll talk through the uh, obviously the impact of COVID and stuff, but it was the first time I really noticed. So hand sanitizer was at the door. Yeah, if you remember, and I was like, eh, this is a little bit worrying. Um, and it's not as if we didn't know that coronavirus was sort of going on, but anyway, we ploughed on, and Quite so well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we flew out at the right time. But anyway, so then we moved on to course number two, which I, I didn't even realise we were playing two golf courses. Yeah. Um, and that was Rush Golf Course, which Rush was just up the road. Course. Yeah. Uh, so, Deborah, yeah. thank you very much for hosting us and uh, letting us play around Rush Golf Course. Another stunning nine-hole course, uh, and probably more traditionally links-based, actually. So it was more in the dunes, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the, the wind, first, wind had got up first... by that point as well. Oh, God, yeah. The wind was really... I mean, are we going to talk about my skin? Because I managed to get sunburned. <laughs> we both did, right? It was 11 degrees, and it was windy, <laughs> and I got sunburned. So... It wasn't It wasn't really on the packing list, was it? To a stag due to, to, that... to Dublin in, uh, in March was new sun cream. Pack your 30 SPF. Cheers, lads. <laughs> um, right from the off, the first hole is just amazing. It's just like almost like a valley yeah. that you play into. Um, and then it just got, you know, more exposed. Then we decided to play a game which I've never played before. Oh, I can't quite the, remember uh, the name of it. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't remember what it was called, but it was, uh, yeah, trying to put each other off. Since we were on a stag do, we weren't, we weren't trying to be laddish but we were trying to have a good time and trying to make it a little bit more fun weren't we well obviously we've got the competition to think about yeah um we but spice it up a little bit with we, uh with, with screaming during people's backswings yeah so you could scream in between uh during people's backswings so you could do that once per round you could do Kicking you could rough. kick someone's ball from where it landed yeah and you could ask again. a player to play, yeah, play again. So um, basically, everyone had forgotten this was happening until like the fifth hole, <laughs> and, and then everyone did once, and then it all kicked off. So someone kicked my ball into the off the tee box, so I couldn't hit it with a driver <laughs> on like a four hundred fifty par four. Um, someone hit a perfect drive and had to replay it again. Rob towed his driver. That was so hard. Thirty yards right because I screamed on his backswing. It was um, it was it really escalated at that point, which was quite good. You have these very small mats, are sort of like two feet by four inches, yeah. that you have to put your ball on when you're hitting a shot from the fairway because actually they're, they're trying rules, to maintain. Yeah. yeah, and I never I'd never done that before, and it's a really weird thing. Yeah, trying to I've never done it either, to be honest. Yeah, it showed. Well, I have got a business idea, and maybe this is a new feature. Why can't you tag that onto your bag? Like, you need a tag for it, right? Uh, is it a business idea? I mean, it's, it's yeah. just an idea, mate, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right, I'll take that one away. I'll work that one up for next time. But the bag tag, <laughs> you mean? The bag tag. Yeah, I like it. Good, that, I love that it. That won't have been taken. All right, and then finishing off, so a summary of Rush? Uh, a wonderful again, and we'll do, the, we'll do all the full rankings in another pod, but it was, it was two really good nine-hole golf courses. Just, I mean, some of the holes on the... Uh, on Rush, so I'm thinking of the eighth, that par three down down into a uh, the one where we of... did nearest the pin. It took us about ten shots to, uh, for someone <laughs> to go on the green. Because the wind was so strong, wasn't it? We were aiming like 45 degrees right of the pin. It was definitely the wind. Trying to drag it in, and it was just ending up all over the place. So uh, thankfully there was no one else on the course, otherwise we would have held everyone up by 30 minutes. Yeah, but we had but, to get the point yeah, on the board, didn't we? And that was a really awesome hole, and then this, I really enjoyed the second as well because they had quite a raised green. So um, yeah, check it out. It's a fantastic course. I mean, they're I'd both say fantastic courses. The most underrated course we've played so far. I know we've only played eight, but definitely the most underrated. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, so then we had a couple of days of few, jolly, jolly well, times. We had a few drinks at the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, and we were sort of catching up with everyone because, you know, a lot of the people that were at the stag hadn't seen each other for a while, which was good. And that's that's always a nice part of a stag do. And then uh, Dover offered to um, make some arrangements for us to play on Sunday, which we weren't expecting to do, were we? No, it wasn't in the itinerary. Uh, yeah, exactly. So so we ended up playing Porth Crawl. No, try again. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Port calls in Wales, but it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we ended up playing, playing Port Marnock Links. So there's two so Port, Port Marnock. Marnock. There's a Port Marnock Golf Club and there's a Port Marnock Links, and we played the Port Marnock Links, which is attached to the hotel. Yeah. So we played Port Marnock Links, and uh, I mean that was a different different kind of course, wasn't it? <sighs> well, they play a lot of um, tournaments there, like I proper say, tournaments. Yeah, exactly. That's probably. Uh, a proper championship course, similar to sort of Hans Danton in terms of level. And it was just, yeah, the first hole, beautiful path for lovely sort of iconic tree on the right and then a graveyard, which was a bit of a, <laughs> bit a considering, yeah, considering we're about to go into a lockdown on a global pandemic. But, um, <laughs> and it was just, it was just beautiful. And, and I must say, I played absolutely dreamy all weekend. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. We could have um, the room reviews, mate. I'm happy to write them because when we when we come down to the numbers, <laughs> you did have a good weekend on the points. We'll we'll go into that on another pod. But Rod definitely won the week. You definitely won the weekend. But yeah, so in between that, we had some we had some activities, didn't we? Which were fun. Yeah, we did. We we even fitted uh, some more golf in, in in foot form. Yeah, we did some foot golf, which my hamstring still hasn't recovered on five. My quads, five are, weeks my quads are gone. I mean, what? <sighs> Foot golf. I figured out I'm, a, I'm as good at foot golf as I am at real golf. Uh, and re- read into that what you what you what you will. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're not bad. You're not bad, mate. Anyway, and then we had about a thousand pints of Guinness, which that's a lot, isn't it? I could not believe. I, I, so, I, and I'm interested to hear from the listeners on this. We played a game of twenty ones. How crazy has a game of twenty ones ever got for you? And twenty ones is basically you go around a room and you can say one, two, or three numbers. And then if twenty one lands on you, you have a couple of fingers of your drink. Um, ours got so ridiculous. Just a bit. That we started playing at six o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. We finished playing at eight or half eight. No, we played earlier than that. It was four o'clock. Four o'clock till eight o'clock. And I, just, I can't remember any of the rules. And neither can anyone. 
But I know we had a homage to Kobe Bryant, who passed away, R.I.P. We had something in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 on the Wizards. Go on the Wizards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a bit of the Wizards. Homage um, to someone that was running at Kempton, I think. No, Dundalk. Yeah. Shout out to Cracknell, who uh, had bet 365 on all week. So that was good. Um, and we had a great we had a great meal out. And then, obviously, in the morning, we played uh, Port Marnock. And then it was a mad dash to, mad dash to the uh, airport. Yeah. We didn't actually then, finish Port Marnock, did we? We got to hole 16 uh, and unfortunately had to scoot off. So at some point we'll have to return and, and finish that one off, I reckon. Well, I was going to say, does it count then if we haven't finished it? Um, Asking for a friend? We've played 7.9 courses. <laughs> Brilliant. I've done the Lovely. maths, okay. done the maths for you, don't worry. So then, like, look, Rob, thanks again. Brilliant weekend. No worries, um, it was really good. So looking forward to the second one because obviously if you push the wedding back, you get another one. So that's good. Is that an official thing? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. According to you. Yeah. yeah. It's, all right. it's all right when someone else is paying, isn't it? I'm the one getting married, mate. So it's fine. <laughs> fine. Um, We've got a bit yeah, of time to think so about then, that anyway. So we sort of trudge back to the airport, kind of sunburnt, unbelievably. Um, the night before we'd gone out for a few drinks and everything was a bit odd so it was very quiet the pubs had put in uh, 100 people maximum in each location so things were starting to become a little bit more real and then we got to the airport and we found out at the airport that the Garda were moving in to close down the city which then made it like mega, mega real as the weekend carried on that was sort of like crunch time wasn't it in terms of everyone actually realizing appreciating sort of figuring out what was exactly was going on and the, the seriousness of the situation um so where are you rob in the world <laughs> in, the, in the world i'm sat in my in my office in my house uh which is in norfolk and i've been here probably for about three or four weeks now and haven't really left other than a couple of runs and uh, a trip to the supermarket and that's about it. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm stuck in my flat in St. Albans. I'm currently recording it from my bedroom because Kat is watching TV. Shout out to Kat. <laughs> I'll just fit in if uh, her shouting. So yeah, same thing. So literally landed from Dublin, um, went sh- pretty much straight into lockdown because I had a sore throat and obviously being cautious and my work were being cautious as well i stayed at home for two days two or three days um and then by the time i had uh, was ready to go back into work obviously the official announcement came out from boris so i've been stuck here for i think it's coming up to the end of week three um and and how are you doing it's it's a roller coaster isn't it it's yeah. an absolute roller coaster so I'd say the first three or four days, I was jumping over the moon because I was like, great, I'm working from home. You've got much more flexibility over what you can do with your work life versus your personal life. You don't have to get ready for work or anything. You can you work in your yeah. pants. Yeah, exactly. Well, unless you're on a video yeah. call. Yeah. We can still do it on a video, a video <laughs> call. I can't say I've done that. I have been asked a few times to show if I've got pyjamas or not, which I think is actually a little bit dodgy, right? You don't want to be asking what people are wearing. That gets you into some very hot water. Um, <laughs> But then, so I'd say after the first week, 
it started to get a bit more variable. And actually, I've had some days where it's been really difficult to get motivated and going. And, and, and you sort of feel a bit fearful about what's happening in the world. And, you know, in, in my extended family, I've got a dad who lives in Spain who are on, like, super lockdown. Yeah. You know, Kat's parents have got um, some immuno issues. And so, actually, it, it, it became more and more real as we went through it. Some genuine concerns and worries... And also you just your outlets are completely diminished, right? So the day the day it was announced by Boris that we were going into lockdown, I had gone to play golf at Redbourne, shout out to Redbourne. And the announcement happened while I was on the golf course and Redbourne had acted immediately and emailed all the members and said, Go We're closing the course down now, sorry. Yeah. So I actually was playing on a golf course that was closed uh, for the final sort of six or seven holes. So you know, I sort of had this great day at home. I'd worked. I decided that I could clock off at about, well, for, I'll say five o'clock, but it probably was earlier than that. Um, <laughs> um, you know, go, you know, go and play some golf, good mental health. You know, put, fired up some podcasts, had a walk around, and then, you know, sort of got home and I was like, right, that's it, no more golf for a while. Um, and it sort of really hit me. So, I think we've missed the point yeah. here, right? Actually, definitely. What's uh, I think this week we should uh, do our world famous feature on this. Oh, really? oh yeah, well, have why you, not? Have you got the, the theme tune ready? I certainly have, mate. Are you ready for this? Do you want to go for it? Do you want me to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mate. The talent is back. That's fine. <laughs> so... Oh, and How's that? I'm warming to it. Yeah. I initially it's hated it. Quiet. But <laughs> well, that's because we don't do any podcasts, but anyway. Well it's just very much sort of my golf game is just perseverance. Yeah. Through lack of time. You may you may someone may just sort of bear with it for a bit, so that's good. This isn't R &R, a cliche this... episode, just just remind you. No, it is not. No, R and R famously award winning. So what do we, what is this what is this feature about? Just to remind me. The feature is yeah, because obviously people haven't listened to this podcast for uh, sort of six weeks. In this feature, award-winning, yeah? So, award-winning feature. Award-winning asterisk. <laughs> yeah, yet to be determined. Cat likes it, that's an award. Rob and Rod ask each other questions related to mental health and or golf. Um, and these may be questions about current affairs or just general things that we're observing uh, or even some things, so previously we've looked at the mental health implications of uh, professional sport through cricket, whether it's that or just personally what we're going through. Right, am I asking you first? What's your feature, mate? <laughs> oh, he's done it again, hasn't he? God's sake. Rob, my question to you as part of the... Do you think if I keep saying award-winning, we are going to win an award for it? I'll just talk it into existence. It's, uh, it's a self-awarded award, isn't it? But My question to you is this, Rob. <laughs> Come on. How do you think professional sportsmen are coping with isolation? Ooh, good one. Um, so, yeah, having sort of listened to a few other podcasts uh, and read a few articles, I think there's a very different approach. It's very personal how people are coping. So particularly golfers, you're seeing sort of nearly polar opposites in their reaction. Some are getting their setup ready, like, continue to hit balls like requiring like that constant uh, sort of improvement mentality whereas others are actually enjoying a bit of time off and uh, there might be some sort of correlation with age there 
So people like Lee Westwood, I think, are like just kicked back and gone, I don't need to hit a ball, uh, I'm fine, mate. Uh, whereas some of the younger ones, I think, are actually using it as an opportunity to continue to improve. Whereas maybe some of the older ones are like, nah, I, I'm, I've, I've done all that before. Um, so and that, when you say Rob, when you say setup, what do you mean by setup? Uh, <laughs> all you need to do is just go onto Twitter or Instagram, and every, anyone that's anyone that's anything to do with golf has now purchased, acquired, maybe already had some sort of uh, equipment that they have uh, erected, for want of a better word, within their gardens, backyards. Uh, <laughs> why are you shaking your head? Sorry, well, uh, well why, why is erected such a bad word? I don't understand. Um, we'll move on. Do you want a better word? <laughs> <laughs> erected? No, I like erected. It's more structural, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh, people have put oh, stuff up in their gardens such that they can uh, they can still hit a ball. So hit a ball into a net, into a uh, a tea towel or something, or a, or a bed sheet, um, so that they can keep hitting. And, and for some people, golf is that escape, right? Um, and so yeah. I think professional sportsmen, it's no different. However, what they're doing it for is slightly different. Some people use the golf as the escape, whereas professional sports people. Golf probably does give them escape, but it's, th- it's their job at the end of the day, isn't it? So they do need to keep on top of it. So I guess there's one thing for golfers where it's your job. Yeah. Um, and then there's one thing for other professional sportsmen who actually have been... Ter- like I've seen videos of Stuart Broad, uh, Ben Stokes has got the golf club out, and actually I, I, I'm still grappling myself with why can't we play golf during COVID-19? Which is a really sore topic, right? And I appreciate this. This is could be a bit controversial. It but... is a very good topic for R and R, though. Oh well, shall I shut up then? And you ask me that. Um, are you now, ask let's, me close, that? let's close the loop on on the professional sportsman uh, mentality. We do seem to touch on this quite a lot, don't we? But uh, I don't know. Maybe we we try and relate to it maybe better than we do some other professions. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, professional sportsman mentality through lockdown. Um, it's tough, right? So you, as you touched on, Stuart Broad is a cricketer. He's, he's not going exactly going to have a cricket field in his back garden. Well, he might do, but I don't think he does. I see he's been he's been bowling at his girlfriend uh, through some of it. I thought I saw on his Instagram, um, who he didn't manage to get out, which I thought was disappointing. But anyway. Yeah, but isn't sorry? I'm a bit confused. Isn't isn't Molly King playing cricket with her boyfriend? Uh, would you, as opposed to what? So hang on a minute, you've got no idea about pop references, have you? I know who Molly King is. God, I'm just trying to appeal to the younger masses, you know, say so, younger. So we've got the Saturdays uh, fans, so that's, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Well, so, is it, so is this the name of this podcast then, the Saturday special? <laughs> Shout out to Molly King. Oh, no. <laughs> right, is, for, for, for a bonus point, can you name the other members of the Saturdays? Uh, uh, Rochelle. Yeah. Frankie. Yeah. Oh, struggling now, boy. Uh, I've got him. I've got him on the tip of my tongue. No, I can't. I'm sorry. Three Surely out of five is pretty good for me. Una and uh, Vanessa, isn't it? Of course. Of course. I might need Did to you check the poster on your wall when you were doing that? Or... <laughs> Which one? <laughs> just the whole wall is just covered with Saturdays. But anyway. I'm just going to have to double check that. Sorry. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I've done it. I have done it. Uber's the Irish, right? Yep. Good. Okay. Cool. So anyway, well, shout out Saturdays. 
loving your work. Good. Yeah, good. Love your work. Love your work. Love you. love, anyway. Especially love your uh, your back foot defensive against Stuart Broad. Can we close this loop, please? This is an arduous loop. Uh, right, I want. I just briefly want to hear you hear your serious thoughts on uh, professional sports during lockdown. Then, since you asked the question. So, I actually I've got a slightly different turn on it. Um, I think I'm worried actually about. Uh, professional sportsman in the same way that in any profession if you're being stuck at home it's slightly changing the way we're interacting with people so if you talk about disruption in an industry or or a process right where something has to change very quickly because in response to a change in society or a change in nature we've all just been told right stay at home and we're now developing our own coping mechanisms tools and understanding of what that means for each of us And we're now turning to different forms of communication. So things like house party and Zoom and what we're doing now, right? It's all, you know, they've been, the the usage has gone up massively, but actually that may not suit a number of people and the way they communicate and the way they want to communicate because it's very intense, right? You know, if you have a meeting with someone on Zoom, like you have to concentrate, you're always there. And that that gets quite exhausting. Um, So that's one thing. And then like specific to professional sportsmen is like, think of the anxiety. So at the very, very top, right. They're doing their, you know, they're doing, um, they'll have loads of gyms and people will be coming over to, particularly in America where it seems to be a lot, a bit looser in terms of how they're handling the lockdown or a lockdown, lots of equipment at the house. You know, I've heard of NFL teams where they're flying equipment to their players so they can work out. They've got, um, heart rate monitors so they can monitor what they're doing. So there's this, there's that, but then you're doing that quite a lot in isolation yourself. And that's like anything, if you do something on your own, you're missing that contact with society, um, which is one of the key things about getting over things like depression and anxiety is that communication and talking through things. So, so I'm worried on that front. And then the other front I'm worried on is that actually people were worried. I mean, sportsmen are like anyone, they've got jobs, these are jobs and they earn money to do it. And the whole economy is struggling and it will continue to struggle for a number of um a number of years potentially um if there's a threat of you losing your job it's like anyone else right Uh, and so there's that added anxiety but then there's also the anxiety of actually coming back and performing which is sort of a worry from my point of view so it's very difficult for let's take an nba basketball player they play 82 games plus a year they're in unbelievable shape, right? They're heavily conditioned. They can deal with the, you know, the real rigors of a four game a week structure. You give them six weeks off or eight weeks off, and then you go right, go and do that again. You're bound to get injured. You're bound to have some mental health issues around that. And so actually, it's not just where we are now is the problem. Like obviously, we have to deal with get through the pandemic and support each other and yeah. use some of those new tools. But actually, it's the next bit, right? It's the it's the nurses who have got PTSD because they've been working 18 hours a day, you know, really important job. And thank you very much to the NHS for that. Cause it's absolutely critical. But then like, you know, people like sportsmen just generally like getting back to work. Think of the anxiety of someone getting on a train to go to London for work after we've been told for eight weeks, not to touch anything, yeah. not to be within two meters of anyone. Think of the people who are just like randomly in a shopping center, start coughing. It's going to be nuts. So it's going to go on. I think for there's a, a lot fair while, isn't it? The the the, the fallout from it, both uh, sort of financially, economically, but also yeah, from a from a society 
uh, response and behavioural aspect is going to take a long time to get over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and so and it's going to have some real scars on people, and yeah. and that's um, you know a lot. There's a lot of work being done in the mental health space to support this. You know, I, I typically look at um, uh, Rethink, um, yeah. which is a a charity, so www.rethink.org. Um, who are doing a lot of work on this. There are others that are doing the same thing. And, and this is a, actually, Rob, what I will say is there's a real opportunity because we have time as a society yeah. to think about some of the issues we're all going through. I agree. Right? And, and some of that time has been really helpful, but obviously if people have too much time, that can be a bit of a, a burden as well, right? So I think lots so, of things to think about. I think, but also step one of, of that journey uh, is actually sort of everyone accepting that there is going to be a, a problem, right? Uh, there is that, yeah. there is something out there, like when we start getting back to normal, everyone needs to be aware that not everyone's going to be okay. And, and accepting that, and everyone accepting that uh, is sort of step one, isn't it? Yeah. I, look, I think, but the, the, I guess on the flip side, just talking through that then, one thing I've encountered this week particularly is someone in my team at work who... I didn't hear from for three days, right? And at work, we put in some very strict structures around contact every day. So the team get together every single day, which in itself could be a bit too much, but actually I'd rather see people more than less at the moment. Yeah. And this individual, I didn't see them for three days. And at the end of three days, they were like, I'm really struggling. I've got, I've been crying. I've got, I've had a panic attack. And actually like that creates further anxiety for me. Cause if I don't see people like in the office, at least you see them, right? they're around you walk around or you know i mean with you with the three other people in your village right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, interestingly i'd like to get some views from you because you know you are now working you're self-employed i have lived my whole life preparing for an event like this i think <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so this is it's interesting so i'm really interested in in uh, sort of mental health side of things, but but coming from somewhere that or someone an upbringing where you have been basically isolated through through early years, and so uh, for me personally, I've got absolutely no issues whatsoever with what's going on at the minute. There's no sort of anxiety associated with distancing, with with not being in touch with people because that's broadly how I live my life, how I've been brought up and I've been brought up to entertain my own mind uh, and set my own mind sort of on the right path to making sure you, you catch those thought processes early where you might be heading down a track where you are going to get anxious about something. Mm. Um, and so sort of without trying to do it, I think an upbringing where you have been, yeah, lived in the middle of nowhere, right? You don't have any neighbours, you don't go around a friend's house after school, you, you learn to you learn quite a lot about your own mind, uh, just, yeah, not through trying to do it, but it just happens, right? Yeah. And so... And what do you think about the um, the fact that actually the isolation is having uh, an impact on us as a community and as a society talking more? Oh, absolutely. I think there's, there's a lot of positives that, that we just need everyone to sort of maybe start, without trying to preach too much, but everyone needs to start maybe thinking about the positives that are coming out of it, the, the increased sort of the acceleration of, of the use of technology to, to communicate. So rather than sit there on your phone, you're actually sitting on your phone talking to someone, right? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, just I, I, so one of the main positives 
and I wanted to maybe talk about this in another point, but we'll, we'll, since we're here, we'll talk about it. Uh, another point is actually how <laughs> mental health has become uh, a normal, so it's, it's normal to talk about it in, a, in an everyday, day-to-day conversation. So if you're on a work call, if you're on uh, a call with your family or something like that, you are, I'm finding that it's actually sort of accelerated that becoming a societal norm to say like how are you doing no really like how are you doing like because everyone is is starting to appreciate that this particular situation is is pretty abnormal and and is is going to a lot of people are going to struggle apparently right? it's unprecedented apparently <laughs> well, I don't that five minutes for sake <laughs> uh so i no i i don't know if you want to carry on talking about it or, or we're going to do probably a few more pods on it so we'll, we'll just carry on yeah i think I think next time, let's, uh, or maybe we do it now, it's up to you. Um, we could do something about coping strategies and, and the birth of my triathlon career, probably. <laughs> the rebirth. The rebirth, yeah, the remix. <laughs> uh, so we can maybe maybe save that for another one. Yeah, maybe I agree. Do that next uh, what we were uh, going to talk about, though, which you briefly touched on earlier, was uh, we'll do a quick few minutes on golf courses. What's your, what's your views on golf courses staying open versus golf courses closed? Oh God! Here this we go. is. I'm looking forward to yeah. this. I'll talk about what happened at Redbourne. So the the got the clubhouse was shut, and so because there's online capabilities, you can book tea times online. So that was the first step. So when I played, um, just before, like literally, actually during the lockdown was put down, um, the clubhouse was closed. So you turn up, you go straight to the tea, you play, uh, and I mean particularly the way I play golf is pretty much socially distancing anyway because I'll always be off the fairway nowhere near the pin <laughs> right so <laughs> it's very rare that I'll pump one down the middle and then the person I'm playing with will do the same the the thing that worries me is we're taking away a perfectly valid form of exercise from people that don't have you know not not everyone can run right People can walk, appreciate that. Not everyone can run because they may not be able to, they may have injuries, it may just be difficult for them to do it. They may not be able to cycle. And so, you know, the, the government's sitting there and saying, well, you need to do one piece of exercise a day or you've got the, the opportunity to do that. And actually, here's a really valid form of exercise where people walk between three and four hours Actually, as long as you're sensible, like you don't shake hands, you don't lift the pin out of the cup, there's very little opportunity to be anywhere near anyone. You know, even I guess the only issue is, is if you play as a four ball and there's three of you that turn up alongside yourself and you, you know, you're all isolating in different households. I understand there's an opportunity for you to spread a virus, but it's no different for you walking into town and going to a supermarket and to be honest everyone in the supermarkets an idiot anyway because they're all brushing up next to each other because they want broccoli it's just ridiculous so i i, I know it's, it's a bit of an it's, it's essential uh, it's the word essential isn't it but exercise is essential it's essential for mental health yeah i i must admit i'm i'm very torn on it and i can see both sides of the argument so but i think there's a there's a behavioral aspect that if you suddenly say the golf courses are open, I think you'll struggle to yeah. 
to control groups of people gathering at golf courses. So they'll be on the WhatsApp group, some groups of lads will be like, right, come on, let's go, we'll meet up here. And then you've just completely undone every, every bit of hard work that yeah. society's working towards. Uh, and so it, ultimately it's sort of the behaviour of few ruins it for the many, uh, for want of a better phrase. But uh, I think that's sort of where it's at. And it's like people, like we've got a problem, right? And you need to just do everything you can to try and halt the spread of the virus. And unfortunately that includes closing golf courses. But if we look at, let's look at America for a minute and our glorious leader, Donald Trump. Do we have to? I mean, uh, words fail me about the quality of his leadership during this very difficult time, you know, extracting money and not giving money to the World Health Organization where the clue's in the title. Words don't don't fail him though, do they? So (laughs) what I will say is, and I don't know whether this is good or bad, there are quite a number of golf courses still open in America. It loads, yeah. It's quite a big place. Right, now, what I will say is if I do a quick check on Worldometers, I'm pretty sure that America aren't doing too well in the old um, COVID <laughs> league tables, right? So maybe maybe this is completely proving the counterpoint that it's I'm amazing, making. It's amazing, isn't it? It's, it's amazing, the, the naivety, though. Because, we're, we're, I don't know, we could, we could fall and fail of that, like going to Ireland and stuff like that for the stag do. Well, I'm the, absolutely na- amazed that we did the naivety of uh, if you haven't got any cases in your area, uh, the naivety of the behaviour, uh, and it's so easy in hindsight to say, well, you just got to just not do this and social distance and, and sort of clean down things appropriately and, and uh, the certain behaviours, but when you haven't, like when you're not in it, sort of looking from the outside, it's, uh, I don't know, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Well, I think what you'll see now, I think, is is it's becoming real to everyone. So, BB, you know, people don't watch TV. Like, I don't watch a lot of TV normally, um, and the only thing I have watched is the five o'clock briefings that we get in the UK, which is when a member of the government comes out and says, "Here's what's happened today. Here's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, here's here's what's happening with the NHS or lockdown or whatever." Right. So, I've watched a bit of that. I've increasingly watched more TV. And there's m- many, many, many stories about people going on ventilators, about how what what it does to your body, what the virus does to your body. Sorry, um, and then now we're getting, you know, so my other half sister had it, or we 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 strongly believe that she's had it. There's people at work that are catching it, and they're really struggling. So it becomes more and more real. So if you go back to where we were in Ireland, even four weeks ago, we were sat there going. Yeah, this is a bit dodgy. And even some of the guys on the stag didn't come because they were a bit worried. I mean, some yeah. of them were flying from abroad, like further abroad than the UK. Um, but, you know, they were, you know, it's almost like we're stepping up how how seriously we're treating it yeah. very gradually. And, you know, I, I've always observed the, the rules. Like, I don't go out more than once a day. Yeah. I stay indoors. You know, I keep two metres from everyone. But that's, that's yeah. ultimately it, isn't it? It's, it's, it's abiding by the rules. And then when we go back to the golf thing, the rules are at the minute, the golf clubs are closed. That's that's what's happening. So yeah, you, and can, have, you can argue right. argue the toss either way about whether you should or you shouldn't. It's been decided golf courses are closed. So that's for me, broadly, that's the end of the conversation. Broadly. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, I just, I guess my point of view is I can see... I can see a case for them being open. Yeah, yeah, but the so, amount no, so can I. Of, yeah. 
the controls that you put you have to put in and the way you monitor that becomes so stringent that it it creates an own industry of itself and 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 therefore what's the point you might as well just because then if you if you open the golf courses then why can't you open exactly um i don't know well tennis is a bad example because you use the same ball but you know like i've I've seen kids down the park playing football yeah um yeah no i I agree it's it's a difficult one, right? I but... do think golf suffers from a bit of a, a a bad rep, though, doesn't it as well? Just an elitist sport. Uh, so if if golf were to like start opening up again, I think you'd get a big backlash from anyone that doesn't play golf. Yeah, yeah. There's also that as well. Um, yeah. So look, I, I, is that the end of our safe. And observe it. I think you know we do. We do. We are, and we are here at the Lynx Effect. We are observing it definitely. Yeah. Like no question of that. But you know, I guess the plea, and we'll, we'll do a special next week on it. But the plea is, you know, for your own mental health, do get out there and do some form of exercise in the fresh air. Yeah. Do it properly. Um, I think the, the other thing, be cognitive, is would be my advice as well. So be, be be aware of your own thought processes. So if you are starting to feel a little bit sort of nervous, anxious about certain things, try and understand exactly where that's coming from um, and try and nip it in the bud before it then develops into something a bit worse. So try and understand yeah. what, what, why am I thinking particularly sort of negatively about this particular situation? Is it something that I've experienced before? Is it something I've seen in the news? Do I need to maybe stop looking at these different stories? I don't know. But, and, and trying to just be cognitive and, and understanding your own thought processes would be my advice. I So I've deleted Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, it's not a bad chat. Because uh, I just, it was just a uh, daily deluge. And I, the thing is, you've got so much time on your hands. Yeah. That you're like, oh, I just flick onto Twitter and you spend 10 minutes on Twitter and all you've done is fill your head with negative. Um, I find and, I find actually, I find Facebook a very odd odd. I find social media in general just a very odd odd place to be. In general, like well, you're not at any time. So, you are. You're not very social, so <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I find behaviour uh, social media very. Uh, that's an interesting topic in itself. But that's for another. Yeah. Time. Right. Do you want to play the outro just, music tomorrow now? Uh, well, it's the same as the intro music, but I'm absolutely happy to do that for you, for you, Rob. For the anything. Anchor. Yeah, thanks, mate. Well, that was a bit long and serious. <laughs> it's R&R. Good, love it, mate. Right, so I'm finished. Uh, done. <laughs> well done. Good. Right, uh, there's a couple more topics we want to just quick, briefly touch on in this pod, I reckon. Uh, yeah. And we'll call it a day because that was a bit of a long R&R. Is it? Good. So, yeah, it was good though, right? That, that um, is the, that's the, what the people want. Give the people what they want. Right, another thing what the people want. Do they want yeah. <laughs> Do they want a name for the stretch of courses we played on the stag do? Oh, God, yeah. So, um, yeah, Rob, I'll let you do it because I, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't bring myself to say anything on it. Well, I don't... Um, um, I'm torn, I'm not going to lie. So while we were there, uh, and bearing in mind the timing of this, <laughs> this was just as things yeah. were starting to develop, we decided to uh, to name the stretch of courses sort of within the Dublin area, uh, the, the Covid Causeway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. Is that suitable? Okay. Oh, what's going on here? What are you Sorry. doing? There's been a technical staff in here. What I meant to do. <laughs> this is the quality of our uh, of our production value here. You mentioned you were torn, and here's a little bit of Natalie and Brulia. <laughs> we can't do that because it's copyright, isn't it? No. No, it sounds like Natalie and Brulia, and it's called it was Corn. Fatally and Bruglia. Fatally and Duglia. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, anyway, sorry, Rob. I, I tried to do something smart there, and I'm shit, so. Yeah, well done. We'll cut all that. Is that what happened to work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so. Is, is why, that a suitable so, name, or are we going with it, or do we want to. Let's. Do we want to park it? <sighs> Well, I certainly want to open it up to the masses because. Okay. Um, I, I tell you what. I, this, I tell you what it feels I mean, like. It feels like I need to create another yeah. map. Yes. Because you're bored. <laughs> and you maybe because <laughs> I'm because I'm bored and I've got nothing to do. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't we stick yeah. that on Instagram um, and Twitter and uh, see what people can come up with? Yeah, I'd like that because. Um, for the beauty and the quality of the courses we played, it is not. I can't justify naming it after a shitty virus. <laughs> it does feel a little bit uh, wrong after the event. It felt good at the time, isn't it? I think Banter. Berva is gonna. She is gonna phone you up immediately and tell you how much of a knob you are if you call it the COVID causeway again. <laughs> Yeah, so open competition. Have we have we got any um, uh, merch left? We got mate. We got drawful. Shout out also. <laughs> we did a little emoji quiz on Instagram the other day. Uh, so shout out to uh, Chris, who won uh, won our first giveaway. Yeah, well done. done. Did did we sign it or? Um, do we have to? I mean, it's got our logo on. Well, it reduces the value if anything. <laughs> Uh, so we fully fully desanitized <laughs> all the items before we sent them out but yeah well done uh, if you, and if you do fancy a little quiz we've got some got a little emoji quiz on our Instagram uh, which is all golf courses as part of the 246 so if you're bored Lovely. have a look uh, right <laughs> <laughs> not I just be massively enthused about this up and coming award winning podcast come and have a look it's if you're bored just have a look lads brilliant <laughs> So right, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to stick that stretch of courses out around Dublin uh, and ask people to have, come up with a name for them. Yeah, lovely. Um, do we want to talk about the PGA schedule? Uh, just a little drop, um, Rob, if I may, yeah, yeah, uh, as it's on the get, agenda. Get a little sauce. Um, so, so the PGA, who run uh, golf, is that fair? <laughs> yeah, that'll do, that's fine. Professional Golf Association. Um, Professional Golfers Association, um, you know, they coordinate a lot of the events uh, for professional golfers. Um, obviously, they've been hit heavily by COVID-19 and it's disrupted a lot of the events that were planned. Um, so I think they stopped in March. They've and, and, you know, the next three months are a really critical stint for for that tour. So they have a lot of what they call the majors, which are so there's four majors um which are the biggest tournaments of the year 
They have a fifth major. They call it the fifth major, which is the PGA Championship. And then you've got the season-ending tournaments towards the end of uh, July, August, right? So, so big disruption. But what it does mean is the PGA have come out this week and said, we're going to cancel some of the events, but obviously some of the majors, we're going to move them. And so we've got this incredible stretch of like, uh, it's basically weekly tournaments as always, but you have a couple of sort of, a couple of tournaments to thumb you in. Please don't uh, so use that phrase little... again. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of little... Uh, Not on my watch. Little... <laughs> so you thumb, thumb it in a couple. Then you go... I think you go... In fact, let me get the list out. It's probably easier for me to do it this way. Well, basically, one of the key guess. headlines is that the Open is cancelled, right? It's not even postponed. Yeah, so, the Open 2020 will now be the Open 2021, uh, keeping the venue at Royal St George's. So basically, just bumping it, bumping it all back a year. So it starts in June, end of June. So the Travellers, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which is one of my favourites, um, the John Deere Classic, week after week, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we get to August. We have the PGA Championship, which is the fifth major. Then we've got the Wyndham Championship, the Northern Trust, which is sort of regular tournaments. The BMW Championship is like the part of the playoffs, so that's quite a big event. The Tour Championship is the week after. And that's the end of the season, yeah. Yeah, that's the end of like the pro season, so that's like yeah. the final of the playoffs. So basically in the 2020-2021 schedule, we're going to have like, what, eight majors? No, seven majors. So listen to this. This is where it really gets yeah. sexy. Uh, September 3rd, Tour Championship. September 17th, US Open. Just September 25th, Ryder Cup. <laughs> November 12th, Masters. So f- literally four of the biggest tournaments of the year. Two of them are majors. One of them is a Ryder Cup, which is literally one of the greatest sporting events ever known to man in in the space of five weeks. In and, be- I'm sorry and in between that, you've got the World Golf Championships as well. Uh, cheers, Stato. Cheers for reminding me. Yeah. So that is that is incredible, and I, I shudder to think how much golf I'm going to watch. How many? How many days on a on a links course? Just oh, interesting. Zero. It's disappointing, very, isn't it? Very. Yeah, it's disappointing. There's been a lot of reruns on TV. Uh, Scott, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have Sky Golf. I watched the Open final day of the Open 2019. Um. Child There's been a couple. Right? No, sorry, I, I should I should call it the British Open, and uh, the British Open. I don't think so. No, it's the British Open. Denied the Open. Uh, is the name of the Open golf? I'm calling it the British Open. Nonsense. Because it's just to delineate where it is. Because if people don't know what this podcast is, you twat. Then there is only sorry, one I don't open. Yeah, but it's British. Just get over yourself for a minute, all right? God, I'm there, getting angry now. There is only I'm one. Angry and I'm angry. There, there is one website called theopen.com, and that is for the Open. Where is it? Where is the Open played predominantly? All the time. Links course. Yeah, exactly. And so we get one opportunity a year to watch golfers really, I mean, really struggle in the wind. <clears throat> Yeah. Whereas, like, so if you if you got the US Open, all they do is make it longer and grow up the rough. Well, well done. Ten points for you. 
but the scores are still ridiculous. They're still shooting really low scores. Whereas you get, if you get an open, uh, so, you know, Portrush was uh, played at recently. You go out there in the morning and it's blowing a hoolie and you shoot plus two and everyone's happy. And then it dies down in the afternoon and people are shooting minus three and minus four, right? So the tournament is completely different. And the quality of golf is the, the quality of the shots they have to play to beat the wind and beat the course is so much better than the US Open where they have to hit 650-yard par fives, right? So I'd much rather see people play on a Lynx course. Although I am just having a look at the winning scores over the last 10 years in the Open. Uh, yeah. And... and... Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I think we've got a new feature. It's Rob's stat corner. Stat corner. Stat corner. Stat corner. It's a corner full of stats. Yeah. What's at that, mate? On the fly as well. I mean, just making our feet in the league. I'm not sure that music completely suits me, but we'll go with it. Welcome to Stat Corner, the official corner of statistics. So for, your, uh, your, your whole point over the last couple of minutes has been that the the Open is a lot harder than any other golfing tournament. Debunk it. Uh, last year, Shane, Shane Lowry won the Open with a score of minus 15 to par. Yeah. <laughs> he performed Molinari minus 8 to par. You before Spieth, minus 12 to par. Stenson, minus 20 to par. Zach Johnson, minus 15 to par. <laughs> Rory McIlroy, minus 17 to par. Do I need to carry on? Uh, you can do what you want, mate. I've stopped listening, to be honest. <laughs> Basically, I think uh, that is saying that golfers are still really good. And that concludes Rob's stat corner. It's that corner. He's so good at it. It's that corner. <laughs> it's, it's Wikipedia, mate. I just think you know Some that practice. is a lot for what is essentially golf. Life so, is so hard. We're I, I agree. A lot on that. There's a lot. It, it basically, but all this professional sports going to do that, right? So, like in the UK, the uh, the football or soccer season is going to be. Uh, are they still decide what what they're going to do yet? Are they? The what? What did you say there? Um, soccer. Say no. Say it in the proper accent. Soccer. Soccer. <laughs> Robson is famously from Missouri. Generic American accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. It's better than a Norfolk accent. Anyway, uh, so basically, a load, load of sports are going to be condensed, aren't they? Into. Yeah. And, and this this comes back to my point though is your. These people are just. I mean, they're training to whatever they can do. You're asking people to then switch it all back on, aren't you? Like instantly. Yeah. Yeah, That's like normal. You can you, can you go and perform again, please, and earn loads of money because people are paying to watch this. Cheers. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, big worry. 
big worry. But yeah, covered adequately in R and R this week, I think. Just a bit. Um, Rob, I do have one question before we log off today. Yeah. Have you got any new games for us to play? Any new features? <laughs> we do need some no- more features, don't we? Uh, yeah. And there's still some in in the the games mill. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure they're ready to be aired yet. I came up with okay. one, but it's not very good. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about that. Can you see? Okay, fine. Right. Okay. But that's that's fine. that's for the uh, for next pod. I reckon have a little talk about what we need to come up with some games, right? We also need to come up with some guests. Yeah, I mean, well, the quality of this pod has been excellent. I'm sure people are going to be jumping at the opportunity to come on the pod, even if it's five minutes. But... Right, give me your top five. Who would you like on the pod? Off the top uh, of your head. Off Mia the top Baker. of your head. Mia Baker. Mia Baker. Yeah. Who's Eric Mia Anders Baker? Lang. Who, who is Mia Baker? Uh, she's a, a young golfer who has is documenting her journey uh, developing as a golfer. So she, she sort of started playing golf quite recently. Um, she's been brilliant at sharing her experiences generally, but also um, with uh, equipment to practice. Uh, She's very good at bringing different views um, from different people around uh, Instagram. So like she's brilliant. She's got some great views. We've probably had, you know, given I only started playing golf a couple of years ago, probably similar sort of um, experiences on like trying to swing a golf club and learning as you go. So um, yeah, really cool. I think, I think it'd be great if we had her on for a bit. Another interesting thing about Mia, I reckon, is, uh, so we're focusing a bit on mental health on this podcast, we're trying to, is uh, is the <laughs> the abuse, or the potential abuse of someone that's just trying to show up on, uh, like, documenting their journey, starting out in the golfing world, quickly becoming described as a golf influencer, and then you've got, instantly got a load of people that have played golf their whole life just going that's the worst thing I've seen in my life and, yeah. and I think there's some interest in there so hopefully we'll try and get Mia on at some point so you said Eric, well, and, Eric Anders Lang we need to talk about that next week because yeah? you you described my swing as a granddad swing right <laughs> <laughs> right and we talked about our swings and that sort of stuff but actually there was a bit of me when you know when I first saw it on video I was like oh that is <laughs> that's not what I thought it was Right, and it takes a lot of courage to kind of put something out on a platform like Instagram. Yeah, that you you're only just picking up and going. Do you know what everyone guys like? I'm learning. I'm committed to learning. I'm really enjoying it. But here's where I am at the moment. And Jazzy Golf has done the same thing, and other people are doing the same thing. Yeah, and I think it should be commended in this day and age where Dude, trolls and other people just jump on it straight away and just like you know, this is rubbish or, you know, this is not good content. Actually, it's quite nice to see that, I think. But I've even seen it from, uh, like, people that are actually decent golfers. As soon as they stick their swing out there uh, and everyone's got an opinion on it. Yeah. Uh, And as soon as as it even becomes a little, it, like, goes into a little bit, like, not even fully viral. Like, it goes out and maybe a few hundred people like it on, on Twitter or something. And people just start laying into it, and it's like, that's that's not okay, is it? I quite like. I will, what I will say is, Max Hom Hom. Homer. Can I say his name? Homer. Yeah. Homer. Yeah, I think it's Homer, but yeah, go on it. Yeah. Okay. He he regularly gets like videos of people. They send them into him, and then he comments on them. But he does do it in like a jokey way. Exactly. That's his thing, though, right? Yeah. But, and that's quite funny. And yeah, I think but, people would be like, yeah, he's probably right. Yeah. 
like just trashing someone's swing is just I mean the whole point is that you get out and enjoy it not worry about but there's trashing someone's swing and then there's just being a complete twat isn't there yeah but you when we're playing you manage to do both so cheers cheers (laughs) right who else do you want on the pod anyway um your dream your dream team you've got Mia Baker you've got Eric Anders Lang oh any of the tail enders guys would be amazing (laughs) so great I saw Greg James put a video of him up in the bunker, which was quite fun. Yeah, last year that was so funny, wasn't it? I think it was about yeah. playing 12 out of the bunker. <laughs> Are you writing these down so we can get... Yeah, no, I'm writing them down, so, you know, just got yeah, yeah, yeah. make inquiries, right? Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> Eric Anders Lang, no How about shots. you? I've made a couple. How about you? Three. You've got three. Uh, well, I think you've got to get some... I'd really like to speak to a pro golfer and get... Yeah, some feedback from them. So there's a few that have sort of come out uh, in the press and and described their mental health battles, mental health struggles, anxiety associated with playing golf at that level. Um, and yeah, so someone like uh, Beef Johnson. Oh yeah, definitely. He's actually Get seems like a decent guy uh, and has fully documented uh, and opened up about some anxiety and mental health struggles. Uh, so I think having a good chat to him about those be good uh, but then maybe stepping away from the golfing world might be a good thing as well so whether there's there's some people uh, that have had uh, mental health struggles just in sort of everyday life whether we actually get an external perspective not talking about golf and maybe introducing golf as a as a and talking about it to someone that doesn't play it could you play this and, and could it be used as a tool to someone that has never played it do you know what I mean yeah I'd love to get my mate Jamie on who you met at the stag <laughs> Yeah, because he's about six foot eight. He he can barely tie his own shoelaces. He's that mal coordinated. Um, but what I will say is he does, so he's a teacher and he works with vulnerable children. Um, so he does a lot of child psychology type work, and he's got some fascinating insights into um, how to manage child's behaviour. And he talks about some of the therapies they use, and a lot of them genuinely are based around sport. Yeah. Um, because it's a way of expressing yourself without verbally having to do it, which people may find difficult, right? So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and, and look, guys, if, if there's anyone out there that wants to really, you know, we've got some great questions we want to ask people around, you know, professional people, because at the end of the day, me and Rob, we've, we've had our own experiences of mental health issues, but they're not as, they may not be as severe as others, and everyone's experience is different. And also, we're not professional, right? So I know this podcast very much comes across as a, professional outfit being recorded in a proper podcast studio but you know it's just two guys who have got a couple of microphones and a macbook so we'd love to hear some thoughts and views from you guys about how how what sort of techniques you teach what do you think the implications are of mental health how do you think golf could help um i'm gonna throw in just uh if anyone that's listening to this that doesn't already know us that just sort of resonates uh, and thinks I could be their mate, then... <laughs> <laughs> You're now vouching for friends. No, but as in, as in I think what, what we're trying to do is just have normal conversations and, and some insight uh, and, and having external perspectives, right? And if someone listens yeah. and thinks, I could actually have a chat about that with them and actually have a, a good, honest conversation... That'd be quite good. 
Yeah. I'm not asking that. for friends, Rodney. We need some. You're the <laughs> I'm quite happy on my own. <laughs> right. right. Anyway, um, that's, that's, that's pretty much us done, isn't it? Yeah, I've got to go and do a yoga class, mate. So. Is that to improve your golf swing? Uh, well, no, it's so, so I'm able to get up off the bed without making that sort of old man groaning sound. Uh, ah, that one. <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> right. We'll call, <laughs> we'll call oh, it a wrap. So... How do you think I did anyway? Just constructive feedback. As the anchor. As the anchor. The anchor. You're the anchor, mate. Yeah, I think I think you did all right, mate. I think I think you let the guest get away with too much, if I'm honest. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you need to tuck him back every now and then. Yeah, I guess like this, you've just got to let him go, though, because you yeah. never know what's going to happen. Well, you know, if you if you pay good money for a good... By the way, you're not a guest, you're, you're, you're a co-host. If you pay good money for a good ribeye steak, you don't want to smother cheese all over it because you're ruining the flavour. Well, you've got to let... <laughs> this is the key thing of an anchor, Rob, is you've got to let the talent work, and I am working hard. So there you go. So I, I did all right then, didn't I? I work Maybe, Always maybe, working. Maybe, maybe, maybe we've worked out how this is going to work best. I, I yeah, just, I, I just so. signpost the way, and you, uh, you just waffle on. You, you are very much the plate, a warmed plate, <laughs> ready to receive and set out the stake of golf and mental health, which is. But the rod. but the stake wouldn't be as good without a warm plate, though, would it? Uh, correct, exactly. <laughs> While well, you be eating off the floor, and no one likes that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're done. Right, see you later. Well, what a load of chutney that was. Um, If you want to get in touch with who's your favourite member of the Saturdays, what you think of the new PGA schedule, and what are you doing to cope with COVID-19, Get in touch. We want to hear from you. If you want to reach out and be a part of the show, always the same. Rod out Roads246. The link's clicked on Instagram and on Twitter as well. So as I said, this is going to be weekly. So probably a bit shorter next time. Me and Rob hadn't spoken for a while. So expect that out in the next week or so. And I hope you're staying safe out there. And yeah, see you next week.